This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com Join a 12-team Dynasty startup draft today. Leagues start at just $49 and go up to $999. Starting lineups of one quarterback, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex spots. They also have best ball leagues, weekly leagues, and redraft leagues with six different starting lineup options in 10, 12, and 14 team leagues. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com The best fantasy football leagues on the net. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And we are the flagship podcast of DynastyFootballFactory.com. And we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And my guests tonight are not the man of the hour. It is not the man with the power. He had a school-related emergency. He is getting educated and stuff up there in Detroit, 8 Mile. But I didn't. I wasn't left hanging. I didn't. Wouldn't leave you guys without great, great insight from two great guys. They are back. They are better than ever. It is Seth and Kyle from the Fantasy Football Fellas. Fellas, thanks for jumping on with me. Anytime, man. So Jerry's getting educated on those mean streets, huh? The mean streets of uh, Eight Mile up there with them and them. Yeah, that sounds like. Uh, and good thing he's got that beard. You know, he, he can hold his own. I think he he looks like a displaced <laughs> redneck. That you just you you Kyle cannot uh, understand. No, no, I would be screwed. Can't grow a beard. I would be screwed. Yeah, Kyle is uh, between the four of us, between myself, Jerry, Seth, and Kyle. Kyle is the one that has not and cannot grow a beard. I wish I could. I wish I had uh, the ability to do that. I wish I had less hair in other places. But, uh, uh, isn't that isn't that the way that it works? And I've heard that beards are considered makeup for men. That it can take an average-looking dude and uh, make him look better just by hiding his ugliness with a little bit of facial hair. Damn, I need some of that action. Story of my life. You're already married. I, that is true. Who am I impressing? Yeah, you know, you, you want to keep your game sharp. Yeah. If the NFL's taught taught us anything over the last two weeks, life comes at you very fast, and you've yeah, got to be pre- true. you've got to be prepared to make moves at any time. So, listen, t- tonight's topic is we're going to cover uh, a crazy week two. And uh, get, get you ready for a week three. But before I get into all that, I want to make sure I remind you that the Patreon is live and the group chat. My goodness. I, I, I've been a little busy with the work. We, we do an annual physical inventory and it's, it's my responsibility. It's a, and it, it means a lot to our company. And I've been a little sidetracked. And every time I, at the end of the day, I log into my group chats. This one is by far the craziest. So for as little as a buck a month, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. You get an extra podcast a week, which I am behind on, but I'm going to do after I record this show tonight. And make sure you're following the show uh, at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. I'll be honest, the Instagram is a little bit more hopping for me. Uh, then the Twitter, as far as the Dynasty Warzone handle goes, my personal handle, at DFF Memphis. I'm on there all the time because I've got about half my league chats on there. So if you're looking for some info, if I can help you out, at DFF Memphis and at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. And when Jerry's not getting educated, you can find him at 
Jerry Sin DFF. And before we get into the news, the injuries, and the rumors, I got to bring you a little something from our friends at Dynasty Football Factory and DraftKings. Fantasy football season is here, and we have partnered up with DraftKings to bring you a Factory Sports membership for free. All you have to do is go to dynastyfootballfactory.com forward slash shop and follow the instructions. That's right. You'll get our year-round content, exclusive members-only access to the Factory Sports Slack channel, full access to articles from every department, and all the other great features in our memberships. All for $20, which you can then enter into contests to potentially win even more. We are super excited to bring you this deal. If you want access right away, go to dynastyfootballfactory.com forward slash shop and follow the instructions. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, thank you to DynastyFootballFactory.com and DraftKings for a little bit of love there. So we're going to jump into the news, the injuries, and some rumors going on out there. Big Ben blew out his elbow, and looks like it's Mason Rudolph time. Kyle, are you a big Mason Rudolph guy? Do you have any Dynasty shares? Uh, I do not have any Dynasty shares of Rudolph. Uh, I think this is going to be interesting. Uh, you're gonna, we got another bit of news here, but the the uh, the Steelers are going in on this kid. They don't really have much choice. They traded away Josh Dobbs uh, just one week ago. Horrible timing award uh, to the Steelers, but we're going to get to see uh, if this kid was worth a third round draft pick. Um, he's going to be reunited with his college teammate uh, James Washington. Don't know if you guys heard that or not. They played together once. Only so, once or two thousand times over the last forty-eight hours. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see what this kid can do. Uh, he's got a couple of good matchups here off the bat. I think Sam Fran and Cincy, uh, but he's got a whole year to prove that whether he's the franchise guy or not. I think. I I, I like it, and you know I think his value from a dynasty standpoint just went up. Not only is he going to be a starter, especially in super flex leagues, but. There's no lingering Well, Big Ben could come back, kind of like what Gardner Minshew is going through right now with Nick Foles. We know Nick Foles is going to be back around week 11, and based on how he plays, there's going to be a real controversy. At least at least Rudolph has the comfort of knowing that he is the guy the rest of the year, barring injury of his own, a.k.a. Trevor Simeon. Sorry, Trevor. But he, he is uh, locked in, and um, I'm going to mix this next story together because it's not really for what we do from a primarily offensive end of fantasy football. But last night, the the Steelers traded for safety slash defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins for what could be a pretty early 2021st if they don't write this ship very quickly. And, and the note I, I wrote down for Jerry and I before I, I drug these fellows into it was what does this mean for the QBs? And I, I posted this on Twitter this morning about 10 a.m. is that it means one of two things. It means that they're very confident as an organization that Big Ben will recover fully and be back to play next year. Or it could mean that Mason Rudolph really is the guy that the Steelers see being the next quarterback of this team. And I, I think this is the perfect buy window. I don't think that, that you could – I mean, you can always overpay. I mean, people do dumb shit all the time. But I, I really think that, that you could get a sneaky value the way that I feel like you could get sneaky value with Jacoby Brissett. Seth, what's your take on this Mason Rudolph situation? Yeah, I think you're spot on with the, the two options there. And people that are plugged into the team, like Matt Williamson, uh, uh, are saying that 
they've been they've been in love with Mason Rudolph for a long time. Uh, so it's entirely plausible that they saw Big Ben go down. They're like, Mason's got this. We're fine. Let's go shore up our defense a little bit. And because we're still in a win now window. Um, so if that's the case, then we're way too low on Rudolph right now. And in his very, very limited uh, debut on, on Sunday, he didn't look half bad. He looked better than Mitchell Trubisky, uh, which is not saying much, but there you go. Oh, poor, poor Mitch. Now, one, yeah. one thing that, that you did inspire, and Kyle, I'll throw it right back to you. One thing that you did inspire there is you were, I was thinking about when Big Ben was a rookie coming into this league. And if you remember at the time, Big Ben was limited. He wasn't the Big Ben we've known the last decade. And he was really propped up by this defense. And this defense has had some positive moments. I mean, TJ Watt has looked good. They just added Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, The rookie Devin Bush. Devin White is in Tampa Bay. I always get those two confused. But they've added a lot of really dynamic pieces to this defense. And they could be, you know, going retro Steelers and, you know, play good defense and, uh, have a bit of a game manager back there. Kyle, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you're, I think you made a good point. I just, it was, this was surprising to me just from the standpoint of, I think the Steelers kind of lucked into the situation where with big Ben going down, you know, they can really see what this, what Rudolph, what this kid can do. But if he stinks, they had that first rounder to fall back on and they can just be like, Hey, you know, we're kind of, uh, sorry to, I mean, now it looks weird, but we're kind of Andrew locking into this. Right. I mean, you're talking about a team that wasn't really uh, in a position where they thought they were going to have a top 10 pick. Now they could have if Rudolph stinks, then they can just take the quarterback of the future then. And they kind of hedged. They had a hedged bet there. Now, if Rudolph is horrible, you don't have that first rounder and you're stuck with, you know, whatever you have out of what, 38 year old Big Ben. And now a guy that's proven that he's not the quarterback of the future in Mason Rudolph. So that's why it was a little bit tough for me to get behind the trade. But I mean, Fitzpatrick, if. If uh, these quarterbacks work their way out, that's a sweet deal for them on the rookie contract, uh, you know, and, and getting a hell of a player. Well, and we'll move this next story along because it can be tied in. But the, the, the Steelers could also think, hey, if this kid doesn't work out, A, Big Ben could come back for one more near year next year. And as good as this perceived quarterback class of 2020 is going to be with Tua and Herbert and Fromm, you know, don't forget about a guy named uh, Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 class. And there's some other good QBs in there. Debbie is really more a Jerry's bag. So I like what the Steelers did. I like the faith. And again, there, there's no pressure on the kid because Ben's not coming back. They're already 0-2. And, and at this point, it's just kind of like, hey, figure out what you can do. But uh, another team lost a Hall of Fame quarterback this weekend, at least for six weeks. And I was listening to a non-fantasy-related football podcast this morning, and they said that six weeks could be very optimistic, and it could be closer to 8 to 10. And that's Drew Brees, torn ligaments in his thumb. If you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, he is having surgery as we speak. So, Drew, we know you'll be listening when you wake up. We wish you all the best from Memphis and the fellas. Uh, But it's Teddy Two Glove time. Uh, I will start with Seth this time. Where are you at with Teddy Two Gloves? He didn't look great in the, again, in the limited work that we saw him in. So it could just be that Mason Rudolph had a little more poise when he was thrown into that situation. But Teddy Bridgewater has always been more of a game manager type, and he looked a little bit skittish back there. Hopefully with a week of prep, he'll be able a, a little bit more settled than pocket. Um, and Michael Thomas was able to get his, you know, his garbage time production. So, I think you're still playing Kamara and Thomas 
uh, every week, but it's not going to be pretty. It is, and you know, I'm glad you brought up Kamara and Thomas because we kind of glossed over Juju. Uh, James Washington, I think, is already the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh, if you believe Twitter, because him and, as Kyle stated, Mason Rudolph played college ball together. But I, I, I think I'm less worried about Juju and James Washington. And Vance McDonald actually had a great game with uh, Rudolph. I'm much less concerned about those guys than I am with every Saint pass catcher not named Michael Thomas. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Alvin Kamara had three targets uh, for one reception. Latavius Murray had one reception. Kyle, does this make you nervous? I know you uh, you invested heavily in some Alvin Kamara this offseason. Is that correct? Yeah, I got a bunch of – I own Kamara in quite a few leagues. Um, and it's definitely concerning that, he, you know, a lot of people are like, well, he might get more touches, that they might kind of focus on the run game a little bit more. Yeah, but the quality of those touches took, takes a drastic hit. Uh, they got a tough schedule over the next few weeks, traveling to Seattle this week, whose defense hasn't been great, but that's still a tough road game for Bridgewater in his first start. Uh, and then over the next – three of the next four matchups, they got the Cowboys at Jacksonville and at Chicago – those aren't great. So you're talking about an offense that could struggle, um, you know, and like you mentioned, if Breeze isn't back, yeah, it, it's difficult. You know, I feel a lot better if, if, I, if I'm confident that he's going to be back week 10 for that stretch run. But, uh, man, it, it's time to start looking at that depth and figuring out what I got. Agreed. Now, and I think you guys will agree with this statement, but I'll double check. I, if in the next couple of games, if Juju and Michael Thomas, especially Alvin Kamara, if they don't perform up to past – you know, performances, and you can find a skittish or panic owner in Dynasty, I'm swooping in. I'm swooping right in under the radar and trying to snap up all these guys. They're still studs. I mean, think back, even DeAndre Hopkins was a stud. The only kryptonite for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins was the Brock Lobster. I mean, he, he killed DeAndre Hopkins for a season, but he did well with guys like Tom Savage. And I think Juju and Michael Thomas are in that type class. So so don't panic yourself, and if you can find a panic league mate, see if you can get yourself a deal. And uh, here's some quarterback news that doesn't have to, you know, mean that someone's hurt. It just means that Eli's finally terrible enough for Daniel Jones to get a start in New York City. Now, I'm, I'm excited. He actually has his first game at Tampa Bay this weekend. We're going to talk more about this game a little bit later. But Kyle, Daniel Jones time? Apparently, uh, the Giants had a week, have a week, uh, what, 11 by, if I remember right. So they couldn't do the traditional wait until the early bye week, then make the switch. It was long overdue. They're not going anywhere. See what you have in the kid. Uh, it's it's difficult because other than Ingram and Barkley, their wide receiver core is a little bit banged up at the moment. But uh, yeah, if you're in super flex leagues, you've got Daniel Jones. I know I got him in the third round in a couple super flex IDP leagues I was in um it's you know it's good now you got a guy on your roster you can kind of at least count on as a spot starter yeah I thought that I thought they would have done it they have a Thursday night game on October 10th and I I thought that would have been after the Patriots shellacked them on a Thursday night (laughs) I I would have thought that 10 game you know window would have been the right time to prep Dan Jones but I'm super excited before I, I get into Mr. Jones what about you there uh Mr. Seth yeah, I think it's fine. Um, he looked great in the preseason with for whatever that's worth. Uh, he looked fine on vanilla offenses. Cool. Uh, this is still a really horrendous team, and we've seen that Eli was still able to put up not quarterback 32 numbers. So if there's any sort of improvement there, I mean, it 
looks like it could be better than Teddy Bridgewater, for example. And the upside, of course, is if we're if we were all wrong on Daniel Jones in terms of our draft valuations of him, then uh, this could be a a low uh, low grade starter that you could play above somebody like um, Joe Flacco or something like that. I will not have you on my podcast besmirching the good name of Joseph Flacco. <laughs> now I I, I they almost beat your Bears this Sunday. Right, yeah, yeah but, <laughs> they deserve but, to lose. What can I say? But and then the very Mitch Trubisky in which you bowed mouth come in and, and save the day. But we'll we'll talk about Mitch later. Uh, Daniel Jones. I'm sitting here looking at the pros. The pros for Daniel Jones is he's got a great offensive line. Uh, a lot of people thought the Browns swindled the Giants when they gave them Kevin Zeitler for Olivier Vernon. But I, I think the, the Giants clearly won that trade, even though they got smoked in the Beckham trade. They, they've got Zeitler. They got Will Hernandez, who is my favorite guard in the league, not named Quentin Nelson. Um, they got uh, Nathan Solder, who they you know brought over last year from the Patriots. This is an offensive line that's pretty good. And then remember, he's still, you know, checking down and passing the balls to Barkley. I think we all like Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard could get back. And he's only got to play games three and four without Golden Tate. And then he'll get Golden Tate back in week five. I, I don't think this is a uh, a death sentence for your, for your New York Giants. I think it's actually a shot in the arm. And before I move on to the next story, I will say this. I've been listening to a lot of Vegas podcasts with uh, guys like RJ, RJ Bell and Steve Fezzik. And... Eli Manning was actually worth negative one point to the Giants in the betting line out in Las Vegas. To put that in perspective, uh, both Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger were plus six points. So the Vegas line for both the Saints and the Steelers moved about six points in their two games this weekend. The, the line in the, uh, in the Giants and Tampa Bay game went about half a point in favor of the Giants. So... Uh, that tells you how bad Eli has been playing by professional gamblers. And remember, Daniel Jones never played with college. I mean, excuse me, never played with NFL talent in college. He was the first person drafted out of Duke since Lakin Tomlinson and Jamison Crowder. And they were both gone by the time he played a prominent role. So uh, I, I love this news. I've got Daniel Jones on every team but one. Rich Dotson of the Dynasty Nerds, you son of a gun, you got me. You've got him in that league, but uh, I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. So last story, I uh, actually I have two. Uh, I don't want to go too crazy, but Antonio Brown accused last week of sexual misconduct, and now another accuser has come forward. And then today I was tagged in a Twitter trade at DFF Memphis that Antonio Brown or a 2022nd. My, how things have changed. Seth, are you taking a 2022nd in a dynasty league for Brown? Yeah. That's gross. Uh, that's really, really gross. If you're no, I'm not. I think you can still get more out of him uh, because if he plays even one more week here and has another touchdown, you can absolutely sell him for more than a 2022nd. You right. If you're re even if you're in the biggest of rebuilds, I guess maybe go for it. It might be a, a coin flip, but I still think there's more to be gotten there. I would agree. What about you, uh, Kyle? What's the bottom basement price in a dynasty league you're taking for Antonio Brown right now? I'm, and before, I'm that, Kyle, before you go, like all of the 2020 picks now are going to be Dolphins. We're aware of this, right? <laughs> the Dolphins yes, own apparently. the 2020 class as of this point, so I, I don't know how I don't know how valuable those picks are anymore. All right, sorry. Go go ahead, uh, man. I am uh, so I'm that old guy in the movie Titanic. 
Uh, I think he's the captain of the ship, the, the Titanic. He just goes down with it. That's me. I don't care. Uh, this It's going to be impossible to get any sort of value out of AB. I'm not selling him for a second. If it somehow creeps up and they get him another touchdown next week and this, all this stuff blows away, then as soon as it sniffs anything, even a low first, I'm pounding that. But if it's a second that I'm not sure of, I'm probably just going to hold on to it and and see what happens. That You're just kind of committed now to, to holding on it at this point. If you made it all offseason, all the signs were there. Uh, I own him in a few leagues. I didn't do anything about it. I was hoping for what we saw last year and what we've seen out of AB over the course of his career. But for now, I'm I'm holding out hope. Holding out hope. Well, I, what I'm doing with Mr. AB, I'm going to this current rookie class. And I don't think you're going to get a guy like Hollywood Brown or Terry McLaren or TJ Hawkinson or even DK Metcalf. But you might be able to get one of these under-the-radar hasn't really had their big weeks in the sun. It was, we're only two weeks into this league. But if I could get a Debo and maybe a second, Debo Samuel I think is going to be very good. Uh, we've seen flashes out of Preston Williams. I don't know if a UDFA in Miami is worth Antonio Brown. But, but if I can kick Paris Campbell, who caught his first touchdown uh, against the Titans last week, uh, I don't think Seth's boy, Miles Boykin, has shown us his full hand yet as a professional. Now, if I could get, if I could get one of those type guys... Uh, and maybe a 2022nd for Antonio Brown. Uh, I'm gone. Like I said, would I don't. You, what's that? Nikhil Harry. You think like I would? Do that, that would be that. That would be a great pick. I I, yeah. I I I mean, New England's track record with wide receivers is and and is enough to make me scared to death. Yeah. Of of Nikhil Harry, but let's be famous. Let me let's be honest. Josh Josh Gordon is not the best decision maker out there. Uh, Wes yeah. Wel not Wes Welker. Uh, Julian Edelman. He likes steroids, and he's 34 years old. Uh, and Antonio Brown's thirty. I mean, someone's got to come in, whether Tom Brady's a quarterback or not, and be the one. So I don't, I don't hate that. I'm just, I, I want to cut my losses, but I want to cut my losses at a point to where, hey, could this guy be a wide receiver? You know, at least a wide receiver two or wide receiver one in the next couple of years. And if I see that, which I do with Terry McLaren or Debo Samuel or a guy like that, then let's go, wheels up, let's move on and and cash out my uh, my AB stock. Does that sound reasonable to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, yep. man. All right. Well, one thing, and while I got you guys on here, I added this because Jerry and I mentioned this a little bit last week. Um, Austin Eckler, a.k.a. the current running back one in all of fantasy football, PPR, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't do much standard scoring, Kyle. Sorry. But, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll but, still show up. But, but uh, what are you guys doing with Austin Eckler? I've got several shares. Some leagues I have Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Some leagues I just have Eckler. Are, are you moving him? Are you looking to cash out? You want to sell high? What are you doing, Kyle? So, uh, funny enough, I have a lot of Eckler in redraft leagues just because his price tag was awesome. Um, but in I have a dynasty league in which I own Melvin Gordon. And uh, the the Sunday before week one, the week one uh, on that Sunday, right before kickoff, I get, I get an offer in my inbox. Um, my only running back on the team other than Melvin Gordon that's worth anything is uh, Aaron Jones on that squad. And I get a, a trade offer, Austin Eckler for a 2022nd. And I slammed it. And it's been a great ride for two weeks. Um, but I think it is time. If you can if you can cash out on this kid, I don't think Melvin coming back is going to like kill him. He was solid last year. He was a low-end uh, running back too. But if you can go to the, you know, the panicking owner of, for me, guys like Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, those are young guys that you might not be able to to get straight up. But even, 
you know, Aaron Jones is coming off a really good week. You can probably get Eckler and not have to add as much as you think um, to, to get those kind of guys. So I'm trying to upgrade if I can um, just because I think this guy's more of a low end running back too uh, over the course of his career and going forward. But I'm trying to bail out on this hot streak if I can. It's funny how dynasty owners turn into redraft owners as soon as the season yeah. gets going and, and, and there's profit to be had. Before I throw my spiel on Mr. Eckler out there, I'm going to see what Seth has to say about Eckler. What are you doing with him in dynasty? Yep. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, they are playing the Texans and then the Dolphins the next two weeks. And you can sell that Dolphins matchup as the juiciest thing ever to a prospective owner, right? Uh, I love the idea of trying to get uh, Joe Mixon or Leonard Fournette. Um, if you are, you know, maybe you can even get Le'Veon Bell out of somebody. Um, I know he's a little bit older, but I think that he's going to be absolutely fine on the Jets. I think that's perfect. That's probably a better route to go, to be honest. I bet you can make that trade a little easier than going after the- Gurley or Le'Veon Bell. I think I think you can work with the the owners of both of those players to move Austin Eckler because Eckler looks like he's doing a lot better right now. Here's two things with Eckler. If Melvin Gordon comes back, he's relegated to flex running back for sure. And Justin Jackson, while he's behind Eckler on the depth chart, is just as good as Eckler, like maybe 90% of what Eckler is when he's on the field. They look the same on the field, despite what my uh, biased co-host said. (laughs) I'll bring that up. Well, I I, I agree and I disagree. I I think I'm going to hang on. Because here's a guy who is currently making 650 grand, just a shade under 650 grand. We obviously know the kind of money Melvin Gordon is wanting, and he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. But I think he will come at a much cheaper price. Uh, Joey Bosa is ending his third year. Same same draft class as Zeke. Same draft class as Jalen Ramsey, and both of those guys are going to want to get paid this off season. So why not just keep Eckler? And what happens if a, if a big-name running back goes down? Maybe maybe San Diego, uh, a.k.a. the L.A. Chargers, will say to themselves, hey, you know what? We like the way Eckler's playing. He can be our guy. We like Justin Jackson. He can be our two. And what if they soften their, their demands in a trade and end up moving Melvin Gordon? If you had both Melvin Gordon and Eckler, you could wind up with two really fantastic dynasty pieces. So unless my socks are knocked off, I, I just might have to hang on to Eckler. I would definitely want more than, than a second. Uh, I would yes. want at least a first, and I would be looking to uh, – it would have to be a, a pretty decent running back for me to move him right now, especially if I'm like 2-0 and o with him. It would be hard to move. Yeah, absolutely. you got to sell, sell peak levels for sure. Yeah, you know, hit me with that godfather offer. Make me an offer I can't refuse. So since I got you guys on the, on the line with me, and you guys are the redraft experts, by the way, if you're not checking out the – fantasyfootballfellas.com. They're on every major podcast platform. And these guys are the kings of redraft. They do a show that drops every Monday and Tuesday. They take take Wednesday off to give me and Jerry a break and let let, let us not battle the big boys in the ratings. And then they come right back to you on Thursday and Friday. But since you guys are are the redraft experts and do a great game-by-game breakdown show, I want to hit you with a couple of uh, names and where you guys think they're at, just from like a weekly basis. Uh, with injury. So this first group I've dubbed Club Zero. That's Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and David Njoku. Hit you with the big fat goose egg in week one. Any concerns? Are you putting any of these three in a lineup as of the recording of this pod? 
Uh, I'm not. Uh, they've already come out and said DJX is going to miss a couple weeks. Uh, they haven't mentioned. I haven't seen any news on Alshon yet. But the the thing to keep in mind with the Eagles, they got a matchup at um, Detroit at home in Week Three. But then their Week Four matchup is on the road at Green Bay on Thursday night. So that's a quick turn um, for those guys. So I, I think that it's going to be. Um, it's going to be tough for either of those guys to play. Uh, I'm pretty much keeping those guys on my bench as of now. I like that call. Big feels like a big Zach Ertz week this week. What about you, Seth? Anything? Uh, I guess Djax is out. Anything on Alshon or Njoku? You even going to risk it? Uh, no. I mean, if if Njoku is cleared, I'm going to roll him out there. Same thing with Alshon, just because we know Djax is going to be out, and Nelson Aguilar uh, is fine. Like we have him on our waiver wire show on yesterday's show, so because he is the only guy left. It's him and Mac Hollins. It's not a good situation there. And JJ, I know, uh, for Dynasty people. <laughs> but uh, expect that you're going to have to play without these players, uh, at least through week three and possibly week four. All right. Well, a guy who's definitely not going to be playing in week three, four, and probably five and six is Michael Gallup. He had a minor meniscus trim. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. He'd been playing really, really good. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, you could maybe swoop in and see what the price is in about a week when the Michael Gallup owner might be uh, more willing to make a move. And then Tyrell Williams, been hotter than, than could be the first couple of weeks. He's got a hit pointer. I know you're not rolling Gallup, Kyle. You rolling Tyrell if he, if he goes? Yeah, if he goes, he's a flex for me still. He's got a tougher matchup at Minnesota, um, but he's the number one guy there. So he, he's more in the flex uh, conversation for me this week. Like uh, if I have, like if I know that the Philly guys are gone, I would go Aguilar over him, and that's a guy that you could pick up off the wire anywhere. So you don't have to risk it um, because of the matchup and, and the injury question marks, but uh, low-end flex for me in PPR leagues. All right, and then uh, Josh uh, Josh Jacobs and David Johnson both banged up uh, – Jacobs with a groin. Johnson with a wrist, although he re-entered the game. Didn't do a lot. Had a great week one. And then Darius Geis to IR. Man, I feel so bad for that kid. He's a guy I'm still going to look to try to uh, buy in the offseason or maybe later in the regular season uh, for a 2022nd. I think as that draft class builds momentum and people kind of let Geis fall from grace, I I might swoop in. Uh, Anything on Josh Jacobs for you, Seth? No, I just got to pay attention to this because Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington are not going to do it for me. Obviously, they will be uh, low flex starters if Jacobs can't go, but they don't, they're not able to return that type of value. I would agree. And David Johnson, I, I hate to say this because I've only got one dynasty share, and some of the guys in that group chat listen to this show, but I got to be honest with the listener, I'm here to help you. That's a guy I'm looking to have a string together a couple of those games like he had in week one, and I'm looking to sell. Looking to sell for maximum, maximum value. Um, I'm even willing to lose a little bit in that deal. Uh, too inconsistent. I think we're chasing, chasing bogeys from the 2016 season, and I'm just ready to move on. Does that sound crazy to you guys from a dynasty perspective? I, I understand. I understand. I'm not there yet personally, but um, I was fully bought into DJ after the 2016 season. And I think all of his bad breaks are explainable up to this point. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying, if I can get, uh, if I can get fair value for him, I'm probably moving. Uh, the concern, and it's early on, it's two weeks into his career, but Kyler's not running. 
uh, which is one thing that I thought he would do a little bit more. And I thought that would open it up just a little bit more for DJ. Uh, I'm not panicking. I'm, I'm still trying to get 95 cents on my dollar uh, for him, but I think it's, it was one year. He's an older prospect as it is. Uh, and maybe, you know, it was a flash in the pan. Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, freaking out, but I'm entertaining offers. I, I like that word, entertaining offers. Well, all right, we're going to jump into stock up, stock down. Now, without Jerry here, uh, I'm going to cover a couple of guys, but I have a great couple of guests who can help cover mine. My stock up guy is James Washington. Uh, I, I mean, I have to go with the obvious, but isn't that why we listen to Dynasty Podcasts? You know, we, we want to talk about current relevant topics. People want to know, so I have him as my stock up. He is a guy that is currently 107 in a fantasydata.com ADP ranking. And, you know, this is a guy who had a pretty good preseason. He was averaging 20 yards a catch. He had 10 catches for 208 yards and two TDs, most of which come from the arm of Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, we, we've joked and laughed about him and Rudolph having that connection, but it's shown, and it showed in the preseason. Seth made this point earlier that, you know, the defenses in preseason are very vanilla and basic, but man, Dante Moncrief looks like a steamy pile of burnt leaves. And I think it's, t- I think it's time that, that we can take the wide receiver two crown off of his head in Pittsburgh and put it firmly on that of James Washington. It goes more than a connection to this quarterback dating back to college. I think this is the more talented guy, uh, a guy that maybe had – I don't say beef, but Big Ben was definitely not a fan of James Washington. He even mentioned it in press conferences last year. So I think that's an even bigger reason. And before you see this first real game together, go out and try to swoop because the price is only going to go up in Dynasty. Kyle, where are you at with James Washington? He was one of my preseason good fellas. I really liked what we saw from him. I think I might have even mentioned him on the Hot Take Hotline. uh, as I thought he was going to be a wide receiver too on the year. Maybe not going to happen, but uh, I was hoping for a little bit more. It's still the, early. The, the based on those preseason more. numbers, you have a shot. Yeah, I'm hoping, but uh, I, I like the talent. I like what this kid brings. Uh, I like him apparently more than the Steelers because they went through this Moncrief mess. Uh, but I think this is going to be the opportunity that he needs to really show that he can be the number two receiver on this team. I like the fact that he is stepping into an offense that has uh, a number one guy on the other side, you know, and, and uh, so – I'm buying. I'm buying James Washington. I was buying them all off season, so I'm really looking here to see if hopefully that arrow starts pointing up just a little bit more. Uh, again, this is your last buy because the price again only going to go up. Seth, you a James Washington guy? Yeah, I'm buying in. Uh, it was Dante Moncrief versus James Washington for me and uh, Kyle in the preseason, and I try and uh, maintain my takes through weeks three and four of the regular season so we get a really good look at what the nfl is uh screw dante moncrief he's <laughs> get him the hell out of there that guy is a trash bag he he, he he is the new braylon edwards he looks like he's using instead of using those really cool wide receiver gloves with a stick em on them he looks like he's playing in a pair of oven mitts like an oven mitt on each hand trying to catch the football this next guy he just wishes he had footballs thrown in his general direction, and that's uh, Chicago's own Anthony Miller, uh, currently player 149 in FantasyData.com uh, Startup Dynasty ADP. 
And uh, his season stats read like this. One catch on two targets for two yards in two games. I don't know what this young man has done. I, I've heard that, that he's fallen out of favor based on his work ethic with head coach Matt Nagy, which is the complete opposite of what his college head coach say about him. But different personalities, different bosses change all the time. He was someone that I was really high on last year. Wasn't as high on this year. I think Allen Robinson was more poised to, to break out this year. But I'm going to start with... Uh, with Mr. Seth, because Kyle, even though he lives in Chicago, is a Cowboys fan. But Seth is a uh, bear down, tried and true original. So, so where are you at with Anthony Miller? Yeah, I really thought he had a shot to um, go big this year. It doesn't look like that so far, and that's uh, you know I think it, it is partially to do with his injury coming in from the preseason, and he didn't play at almost at all week one. Uh, but then he did play a little bit in week two, and uh, Mitch continued to suck. So as long as Mitch is not uh, optimal in this offense, I don't think he can put anyone out there that isn't named Allen Robinson. I would agree. So th that is my stock up and stock down this week. And before we go any further, just want to take a quick minute to hear from our friends over at Trophy Smack. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, Get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. All right, thanks to our friends over at Trophy Smack. And without Jerry, there's only one, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, and that is over Reaction Theater. Things so far and through a game or two or through the season that I'm not overreacting to, maybe this will make Seth feel a little bit better about talking bad about Anthony Miller. And for me, it's Mitch Trubisky. I know everybody is crapping on Mitch, big as could be. But, you know, he still completed 42 passes, uh, only for about 175 yards a game. But this is a guy who threw 24 touchdowns last year in, in 14 games, you know. Um, he, he still and – and he's played arguably two of the toughest defenses in the NFL. That Denver pass rush with Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller is no joke. You knew Vic Fangio was going to have something dialed up for him. And I think we've seen through two weeks – uh, they just had Minnesota, which I know Kirk Cousins is, you know, in that Trubisky level right now of QB play, but they had much better weapons than, than Chicago with Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and Cook, and they held that team to 16 points. So if I were a Bears fan, I wouldn't be too bad. And from a dynasty standpoint, I've already sent out some lowball Mitch Trubisky offers to a lot of those owners. Seth, I'm going to come right back to you. How are you feeling about Trubisky? Dear God, I hope you're right. 
I really hope it was just uh, a a poor start to the season because those defenses were really good. Um, and I, I allow that it is possible, but the stuff that we've seen on film and there's a, a guy on YouTube, Brett Coleman, he's uh, at Brett Coleman on Twitter as well, I believe. Um, all he does is, is film work strictly. And he did a whole 17 minute video uh, just trying to understand how Mitch could have played so poorly in week one. And he was doing things that you rookies do. And we're on the third season of Mitch Trubisky. This is the second year in an, uh, the same offense. And I, I believe we still need to give Mitch a few more weeks in dynasty purposes, I think, to be able to write the season uh, uh, off as a loss. Um, but I am not, I'm not optimistic. All right. Well, I, uh, you did your I, best. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still buying, man. As, 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 as depleted as the QB, and this guy's got the draft capital. He's gonna. This is his third year. He's gonna get at least year four and five. And as you can yep. tell, over the last, I mean, I, I've got Mitch as my QB four, three or four, depends on where you see Daniel Jones versus Mitch Trubisky in a league, where uh, one guy's current only starting quarterback was because this guy had Nick Foles, Andrew Luck, and Sam Darnold. In a super flex, and he lost Trevor Simeon last night. So I, I, I might be able to, to move one of those two, you know, QB3, 4 type guys. And, and, and that's why he's worth, you know, trying to acquire. People are super down on him. I'm not overreacting to it. I'm moving on. Um, we're going to get back to the look back at it segment. We're going to look back to last week. And uh, so far, where, where can we victory lap and say, where were we right? And then where can we own it and put our hand in the air and say, whoops. My bad. I, I screwed that up. I'll start where I was right, and I said uh, Baker Mayfield was not the QB2 overall in a Superflex Dynasty startup. I've been saying it all off season. I'm not doing it to trash Baker. I think Baker's a cool guy. I love the commercials. Loved him on the uh, Steve Austin show. I think you, you see sides of Baker that as a guy, that like I said this a million times, as a guy, I can just dig. But, you know, here's a guy by the way, who through two games, has a lower QB rating than Eli Manning, who just got benched for a rookie. Here's a guy that over the last 18 NFL games, no one in the NFL, no one, not Kirk Cousins, not anyone has thrown more interceptions than Baker Mayfield. And he didn't even play the first two and a half games of last year and still leads the league in interceptions thrown over that time period. I'm not saying he can't grow. He's still my my QB 8-9 overall in a super flex startup, but I, I, I never saw it. You know, I, I think there was a cool factor in, in Baker. We wanted to anoint him with the headband and the beard stubble and the Instagram videos and the tiger and the Bentley and the stuff. None of that stuff scores fantasy points. And that's all that I'm into last year as a rookie. He was QB 18 overall on the season in total points. And he was 18th on the season in points per game average. Oh, and by the way, He's QB 24 right now. So will that turn around? I'm sure at some point it, it will be. But there's a far cry from QB 18 to 24 to QB 2 overall in a startup. Uh, I, I think there's a little bit of I want to be first. I think a lot of owners wanted to say, hey, you know what? I had faith in Baker first. I was on him from day one. That's not going to help win you games. I like Baker. I have him as a back-end QB 1, nowhere near the toward the front of the uh, the QB1 train. So I'm going to throw this to Kyle. Kyle, what do you think about my Baker take, and where were you right over this past weekend? 
Yeah, I'm with you on on Baker. It's been uh, if you were able to sell him this off season at at that peak, we all knew just the hype, the old Odell Beckham Jr. coming to town, all those things. The better days ahead for Baker. I'm with you, like and the from the standpoint of he's a he's a QB one. He's just not the QB one, or you're or as close to that as you can get with Pat Mahomes in this league at the moment. But uh, yeah, his value is taking a hit as of right now. I, I'm still kind of hanging on to him and and playing this one out. I, I think they'll figure it out there in Cleveland and better days are ahead for him. But uh, first couple weeks, a little bit concerning. Uh, one thing that I really liked watching in, in week uh, in week two, because this offseason, man, I was really high on Calvin Ridley. Uh, we talked about this on the fellas podcast a lot this offseason. Uh, and if you listen to us, you know that I'm usually leaning towards uh, more boom bust type players, not not always Deshaun Jackson esque, uh, but I'll take the chances more than I'll take safety. And one of those guys that was one of the ultimate players last year at this was Calvin Ridley. Uh, he had nine games under seven uh, fancy points and half point PPR. That's just incredibly bad. Um, but he had so nine games under seven fancy points. Uh, he only had one game that was between seven and uh, 12, I believe. And then everything over that, the rest of his games were all 12 or more points. It was just big time, 10 touchdowns kind of came out of nowhere, grouped together a lot but I was still buying into this kid, buying into the talent. Uh, got him in a bunch of dynasty startups uh, this off season. And he's just, he looks like a star out there. He's paired with Matt Ryan, at least for the next, you know, probably four years at least. Uh, and this is a kid that I think is going to continue to put up big numbers. They're looking his way quite a bit. And I think Calvin Ridley is going to be just a solid fantasy contributor this year and really work his way into being a, uh, a more uh, constant contributor as opposed to, just being completely boom bust. And I think you could be looking at 10 touchdowns again for this kid in year two. Awesome. Well, I'm going to talk about my crazy Calvin Ridley trade that I made with Russ of the trade addicts podcast and the ultimate dynasty podcasters league. I'm going to do that on Patreon. I will drop that because I'm an episode behind. I know I owe you guys a bonus episode. My uh, work life got in the way of my podcasting life, which, you know, I don't love, but, but, but can happen. But I've also got to tell you about where I was wrong. And, and so far on the season, I've been wrong on the Steelers. I thought this team was going to come out focused, full speed ahead, looking to boat race people to, you know, prove, hey, I was the good one. I was the one who was right in this whole Antonio Brown saga. I think Big Ben had something to prove. I think Juju had something to prove. And so far, I've been wrong. Uh, not only when Ben was playing or wasn't playing, uh, Juju has not been what we thought he was. I think he still can be. I mean, he's a super young guy. So from a dynasty standpoint, not tripping, not selling. Remember, we're buying Juju if we can get a discount. But I, I was uh, I was dead wrong. So, uh, Seth, what do you think about the Steelers so far? How far off was I? And where were you wrong this past weekend? Yeah, I I think you, it's entirely understandable where, where you were. The Steelers obviously are taking a step back here, but um, I, I am still 100% bought into Juju. I think he's great. I don't think he was the superstar like Antonio Brown replacement like some people were saying. He wasn't going to be that. I don't I didn't believe that he's ever going to be the wide receiver one uh overall like some people were saying as well. But I think he'll still be very very good and James Conner takes a little bit of hit as well. Somewhere that I was uh wrong uh is Devonta Freeman. Good mm. night. This uh, Freebird has disappointed dramatically over the first two weeks. And I, you know, watching these games and I'm like, I, what, what are we missing here? 
I think part of it has to do with the offensive line. They've had a lot of offensive line problems so far. It could be putting in a new scheme uh, with Dirk Cutter. Uh, while it's not a new scheme for uh, for Matt Ryan, it you know I think it it is for Devonta Freeman and most of the other players on that squad. Uh, and part of it could just be they're not going to use him quite as much. Ito's been involved a little bit more than I would have liked. So um, I am not uh, I'm not bailing out on Freebird yet, but I am watching apprehensively. I uh, I can tell you, Jerry and I both are in the Devonta Freeman boat with you, but the interior of that offensive line is absolute trash, and I, I'm hoping it can only get better. They need to get him more involved in the passing game, which kind of bailed him out last week. I think he if I, I wasn't prepared to talk about Freeman, but I think he had three for 41 or four for 31. He had seven PPR points in, in his receptions, so he got you about 10 points. He was a low-end RB2 for the most part. Uh, I'm going to hit you with the bargain bin. We've only got one bargain bin stash this week, but this guy's available literally in every single league that I'm in. He kind of popped in out of nowhere, and that's Devin Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, you would think, as much Bears talk and Cowboys talk, that I've known for a long time that Seth and Kyle were jumping on this podcast, but I didn't. They literally jumped on 15 minutes before I recorded, but I believe he had three for 74 and a touchdown. That's what my notes say. And uh, not too shabby. Kyle, what do you know about Devin Smith down there in uh, Dallas? This is a kid that's battled through adversity over his whole freaking career, uh, earned a spot on this team. Uh, it was it was crowded, I guess, from the from the Cowboys' perspective. Uh, they they put Cedric Wilson, a third round pick from just one year ago, on their practice squad. Now they they stashed him enough because they they brought him back. But um, they Devin Smith, you know, free agent signee this offseason worked his way onto this team and he was crazy talented coming out of Ohio state. I believe he was the second rounder for the jets, but uh, knee injuries, back-to-back seasons, uh, but flashed uh, this week against the, uh, against the Redskins. Now the Cowboys schedule has been a freaking cakewalk. Uh, but if Michael Gallup's out a few weeks, uh, they got Miami this week. Uh, and so you could see, you could plug them in there. Like if you were in a league that you had to start Cody Lattimore as in an emergency situation, uh, as an example, Devin Smith is a nice pickup, somebody that could work his way onto the field. Cobb has been, you know, he's been fine for the Cowboys, but Devin Smith's still very young and, and could be a, uh, a decent contributor for the Cowboys and for fantasy. And uh, I think Amari Cooper, you know, back-to-back touchdowns in weeks one and two. We yeah. love what Kellen Moore has done to this Dallas offense. Good to see a little reemergence of, uh, of Randall Cobb. But none of those guys that I just mentioned, uh, Cooper or Cobb, are the healthiest cats around. So if Devin Smith can stay healthy, he could be a contributor or maybe a dynasty flip later in the off season. So that- All right, and that's the bargain bin with Devin Smith. And now I want to go into what's been one of the most popular and well-received new additions to the Dynasty War Zone. That's the Vegas Slant. And I'm really excited to have my redraft brothers on here with me to talk about how they feel about this. So uh, I'm going to talk about the first three games that we're going to lean toward. And remember, you don't need me or Seth or Kyle to tell you to play uh, Baker or Patrick Mahomes because we know they're good at football. But maybe you're deciding on that wide receiver three or maybe that flex. So these are three games that you could lean to because Vegas is anticipating a lot of scoring. So the first one is the Baltimore Ravens, the 2-0 Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the 2-0 Kansas City Chiefs. 
That is uh, the Chiefs minus seven, 55 point over under, or just a shade under what could be eight touchdowns. Uh, Seth Kyle, I, I have the guys listed that I would be considering as wide receiver flex types as Marquise Brown, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, and even Miles Boykin in a game with this much scoring. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, well, there's Seth. And Seth, if you don't know, is a big Miles Boykin fan, Notre Dame grad. Seth lives up in that area. Seth, what do you think about this game? Do you, do you have any issues with starting any of those guys? I have no issues starting any of those guys. Uh, Boykin is the last out of that list to be sure. But um, when they were putting up points on Miami, they were able to get Boykin a touchdown himself. He's had a few targets uh, over the past couple of weeks. And Kansas City's defense, while it is definitely improved from last season, it's still something that you can score on very easily. Uh, this could be a uh, just light them up type of game. Uh, so, uh Boykin is definitely the last out of that list. I think you have to play the Kansas City guys, uh, pretty much all of them. You know, if uh, and Darwin Thompson too. If Damian Williams or and or Shady McCoy can't go, Darwin Thompson is a fine flex as well. I like that. I didn't even have Mr. Thompson written down. I'm going to go to the Sunday night game, uh, a game that will be very fun to watch. And that is the Rams traveling across country to Cleveland, where they will take on the Browns and be giving the Browns three points. Cleveland, a three-point home underdog. And Vegas is expecting about 51 points, 50.5 to be specific. Uh, Obviously, again, Odell Beckham, Baker, Nick Chubb, Gurley, all the wide receivers, Goff. But uh, is there anyone flying under your radar, Kyle, for this game? Uh, for me, and, and this is dependent on health, um, but if he's the number two back, uh, Dearness Johnson could be a nice little sneaky PPR play. Got three receptions in the game against the Jets. And the Browns were, were I was, I have Nick Chubb in a league in which I was chasing some points. I'm sitting there, we're, I'm, we're hanging, I'm hanging out with Seth, we're watching the game. And I'm like, man, they seriously rotate that second back in there. Every third down, Chubb's coming off the field. And uh, if they're chasing points in this game, which I think they will be because the Rams offense, even though they're on the road, I think are, you know, they're going to be a hell of a lot better than the Jets. We all know that. Um, But I think they're going to have a lead in this game. Cleveland's going to be playing from behind. And while Chubb is still a start, Dearness Johnson could be a guy that if you're in a deep league and he snuck his way through, you know, waivers in those deeper leagues for some reason, uh, he didn't have a big game against the Jets, but the game script was not in his favor. I think it will be this week and he could be a sneaky little PPR play in like a, uh, like I would play him. I would play Dearness Johnson over uh, Chris Thompson this week. I, nope. I think, I think you, I think that's a great call. And if uh, Dontrell Hilliard is healthy, he would be yes. the guy to play in place of yep. Dearness Johnson. And this next game is, I think, low key sneaky goodness. And it's a game that I'm going to watch because I want to see Daniel Jones. And that's the New York Giants going south to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. Before we get into that game, I, yes, I have one more quick thing for uh, for the Rams. And no. Kyle, I'm surprised you didn't uh, <laughs> you didn't say this guy. If you're stuck at tight end, Gerald Everett got several targets last week for the Rams, and Tyler Higby is out right now or with some sort of lung issue. Um, so that's a super super deep. We call that a, we call that a Deshaun Watson in these parts. So if you get smashed a lot and get a collapsed lung, that's a Deshaun Watson. 50 touchdowns is a Mahomes of touchdowns. So we create words and meanings here on the Dynasty Warzone. I think it's a Witten, but that's okay. Uh, maybe. Maybe it's a Witten. <laughs> but uh, Dan- Daniel Witten Jones. Is just when you pull a rabbit out of your head. 
No, that a Witten's where you go on Monday Night Football dressed like a used car salesman using blade hands. We, everybody knows that. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So the All New right, York sorry. Giants. New York versus Tampa Bay. Yes. So the, the, a sneaky third highest over and under on the board, 48 and a half points. I, I, Vegas likes it. I like it, man, because there's so much upside. I don't know who the wide receivers are going to be, but if Sterling Shepard plays, I have no problem rolling him out as my wide receiver three. I'm going to talk more about Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram in, in my, the last segment of the show, but obviously, you know, there's been a lot of debate. Godwin, Evans, it don't matter. It does not matter. I could even see playing O.J. Howard in this game, which is odd, a statement. <laughs> as that is to make. Kyle, I heard you laugh. Where, where are you at with these uh, teams, and who are the fringe players you're looking to get on the field? Yeah, I do like, uh, like you mentioned, the uh, the Giants situation is a little bit up in the air because Sterling Shepard was in the concussion protocol. Latimer left the game, I believe, with a concussion as well last week. Uh, Benny Fowler's like the really only fringe guy, I guess, that I would consider um, as a potential start that I'm not usually ro- rolling out there. You, you know Barkley is the thing. You're rolling out the two Tampa guys. For me, O.J. Howard's still going to be an automatic go. I know he just threw – you know, he's in that club club zero that you were talking about earlier um, last week, but I think he bounces back to a decent enough game. So Fowler would be the only one for me, and and that's still probably contingent on, uh, on Shepard not being there because, you know, Ingram and Barkley are, are going to be the men there uh, for the Giants. <laughs> Yes, well, the G-men, yes. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that we've, we've got enough uh, fringe fellas listeners that happen to listen because we have great guests, and they're your favorite podcast hosts, Seth and Kyle. But for you redraft players, Dynasty, this is not going to be as easily done. But Golden Tate's coming back in week five. And you know what? If, you, if you've got to dump a, a hurt quarterback or you're looking to get a guy a week early, might not be a bad time in PPR formats in a redraft league to throw Golden Tate on the back end of your roster. You only got to carry him for a couple of weeks, and I could really see a young quarterback leaning on the likes of Evan Ingram and Golden Tate. Fellas, anything on that take before we get to the games we're going to fade? Yeah, we call that waiver wire sniping in these parts. Waiver uh, wire so, sniping in those yeah, parts. Yeah, that's. Uh, I do a weekly article over for the uh, Red Shirts fantasy podcast and uh i was doing it at dff the last few years and, and i kind of give you these guys you can stash a week or two early um especially with bye weeks coming up that's valuable and tate is somebody that's kind of flown under the radar uh so i really dig that call and he will he will definitely be featured uh this week because people are forgetting about the guy and i and i like me some golden tate he's a pro's pro so if those are the three games we're leaning toward that flex running back that wide receiver three type these are the three games that we're looking to fade anywhere and everywhere we can. The first one's the Thursday night game, which the Thursday night games, if you haven't watched the first two, tend to be a bit of defensive battles. And this one right here is a 39.5 point over under. Vegas will tell you any time that you get under 40, the game is wolf. And it's Tennessee on the road at Jacksonville. Jacksonville getting a point and a half at home. Man, outside of Derrick Henry, Delaney Walker, and Leonard Fournette, I don't think you're playing Henry or Fournette in a daily format. I think you have to play him in like a weekly head-to-head format. But, man, how gross is this going to be, Kyle? Yeah, it's nasty. Um, It's really bad. The Titans are hard to trust in a normal matchup. This one's going to be a short week uh, on the road. Uh, DJ Chark, touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, but I'm I'm fading him. Uh, Like, I would play, like, for me, even in a – 
like this is probably just redraft related for the most part, but in like in a two QB super flex league, if you have Mariota or you picked up Minshew off the wire, like if I also added some, you know, a Daniel Jones or a Mason Rudolph this week, I'd play both of those young quarterbacks uh, over both of the quarterbacks in this game on Thursday night. So it's uh it's it's a pretty much fade across the board, except for the the big names that you probably just can't get out of your roster starting lineup this week. And I didn't know someone's going to say, but Memphis, this was the game last year on Thursday night where Derrick Henry went bananas. And I would say, you're right, but Jacksonville hasn't quit yet. So yes. we're, we're, we're not quite ready to, uh, to predict another 204, I believe it was. So this next game, man, I feel like I'm picking on my man Seth again, but Chicago <laughs> on the road. I'm doing it myself. Kyle, I tell you, I am the worst Chicago fan because I am so pessimistic, but Sorry, continue. No, you're good. They're on the road. Monday night football at Washington where they're giving four points, 41 and a half over and under. The only guys I could even see rostering in this game would be David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and Terry McLaren. Everybody else is a, is a hard fade for me. And as much as I love Terry McLaren, I've been waving the banner since the preseason, since before the draft. I, I don't love it this week. I, I think you can plug him in as a wide receiver, three, Maybe you're the Tyreek Hill owner, and you've already got two other wide receivers you're starting. This Bears defense is no joke. Now, I know that Emmanuel Sanders just took him to task, but Emmanuel Sanders is some sort of gifted because to come back at his age from an Achilles tear is something else. But is there anybody you're playing besides those three, Seth? Are you playing anyone besides Monty, A-Rob, or uh, McLaren? I'm fine in full PPR rolling out Tariq Cohen. Uh, because I still think they're going to try and get him involved in the game in some capacity. In week one, it was he was the slot receiver. In week two, he was actually getting carries out of the backfield. Didn't end up doing much against Denver, but I I think that um, Cohen still has upside as a, a low-end flex running back. I agree, and, and the reason why I, I I thought you were going to say Trey Quinn for a second. I, I think you're tr- I think you're chasing a really crappy floor. With, with Trey Quinn and not much ceiling. At least Tariq Cohen with his athleticism could break one. He could take a screen pass and he could take it to the house. So at least if, you, if you're swinging big for the fences, I, I like that call much better than what I thought you were going to say. So uh, check out the big brain on Seth. Uh, the last game we're going to fade away from is Denver at Green Bay. Now Green Bay, feel free to start up your normal Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, a.k.a. King Money, right Kyle? Darn right. And Aaron Jones, but but that's it. You know, two weeks ago, Marquez Valdez, Scantling looked okay. This past week, uh, Geronimo Allison had a touchdown, and I don't think there's a I don't think there's a bear. Or excuse me, a Bronco. You could get me to play not named uh, Royce Freeman or Emmanuel Sanders. Everyone else is a hard fade. You might have to play Joe Flacco in a super flex just due to injury, but you're not going to like it. And I will say this, even though obviously you're playing the big names in Green Bay, I'll tell you this this Denver Broncos defense is going to be mad as a hornet based on the call that happened to them last week, and I don't know that uh, that they'll take it fully out on Green Bay. But I think this is one to temper expectations. 42.5 point over and under Green Bay, 7.5 point favorite. Uh, Kyle, you're the King Money fan. I know you're rolling him out, but are you rolling him out with great confidence? Uh, I think he can do what he did last week, have a nice yardage game, and he's always a threat down uh, in the red zone. But Fangio is familiar as hell with this Packers team and Aaron Rodgers. Now, it might be a new offense, but he knows Rodgers. He knows Adams. He's familiar with these guys. Uh, you still rolling him out there. He's still going to be a top 12 guy for me just because 
he has the most touchdown potential of almost any player in the league. So I am rolling him out there. This one's at home. Uh, so still with confidence, King Money. With confidence, my man said, King Money. So, th- so that's our little trip around Vegas and the Vegas numbers, trying to use those as a way to make you guys think about, hey, where do I want to you know, pick up this positional player in DFS or uh, you know, to help you make some lineup decisions? And speaking of DFS, uh, let's talk about the DFS darling. Uh, I've, I've done quite well. Now, Derek Carr last week, uh, he, he didn't do great due to the two interceptions, but he didn't kill you, still scored about 12 regulation points. It could have been so much better. It looked like right off the, the start, because I had him and Tyrell Williams as my stack, I was like, this could be great. I could be a genius. It ended up being okay. Um, but this week's stack, I'm going right back to that quarterback well, along with a stack, and that's Daniel Jones. He's DraftKings QB 24, only $5,000, which is dirt cheap. It's in a matchup against a Tampa Bay defense with zero returning pro bowlers from last year that I I think is going to be a shootout. The Giants defense is bad. I don't think this Tampa Bay defense is that good. The only upside I see for Tampa Bay is they are coming off the 10 days rest because they played last Thursday. And I'm going to stack Mr. Jones with who you ask. I'm going to pay up. I'm going to take Evan Ingram, tight end four on the DraftKings slate. He's a little pricey at 5,100, but this is a Tampa Bay defense that gave up eight receptions for 54 yards to George Kittle in week one. And then Old Man River, that's right, Greg Olson himself had six for 110 last week. And I think Evan Ingram going to be the number one target for Daniel Jones. I'll just ask either fella, anything, any comment on my, uh, my DFS stack? I dig it. Ingram's been a beast. I love, uh, you know, out without Odell Beckham last week, wasn't fantastic, but I think he bounces back this week. You mentioned a great matchup. Um, and I like Daniel Jones. I actually, I was taking a look at DraftKings as, uh, as we're looking through the doc. I got a couple if you want them. Hey, hey man, the, the people are here for you. Uh, you're, you're the guest with the most. So fire away. <laughs> right. G- give me a couple of names. Yeah, if you want, uh, for so just for note, the free space this week uh, that everyone's probably going to play is going to be Nelson Aguilar at thirty six hundred bucks. Um, he's priced so low, but if he's going to be the guy there, I think a lot of people are going to be rolling him out there. So just be aware of that as far as um, if you're playing, you know, in a in a big tournament, he's everyone's probably going to have him. But the guy that I like, uh, and this and this wide receiver is priced uh, two hundred dollars less than Golden Tate. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but he's suspended. Uh, so I'm going to go with Cole Beasley, 4,400 bucks, uh, Buffalo at home against the Cincinnati Bengals who, you know, he, they're, they're horrendous defense. I don't, I don't care. I know they showed up a little bit in week one, but, uh, that's money for me. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Beasley as a really cheap option, spend the money elsewhere. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to throw this to Seth to, to bring us home, but I almost went Frank Gore. I don't remember what he was ranked, <laughs> yeah. but, but with, uh, Devin Singletary, but with Devin Singletary, and his, uh, he was one of those hammies that looked worse. They say he's day-to-day. I don't see him playing. Maybe you can get a little T.J. Yeldon love. I don't know. But, dude, Frank Gore, I mean, this is a Cincinnati team that gave up, what, three rushing touchdowns last week? And, and, and this is a game where I could see Buffalo getting ahead pretty easily, and that's a really good defense, and they're at Buffalo. Uh, home opener for the Bills. You know the Bills Mafia is going to be going bananas. So uh, Frank Gore, another guy you could throw in there, real dirt, dirt cheap in that flex. But listen, I want to give these guys a couple of minutes to talk about all the stuff they're into. I know Kyle already mentioned his writing over at the Red Shirts podcast family. And, uh, of course, four days a week 
on uh on your iTunes and Podbean app. But uh, Seth, tell us a little bit about the fellas. Yeah, uh, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. So we're out there four days a week on the podcast uh, sphere. So uh, wherever podcasts are found, just search the Fantasy Football Fellas or just Fellas, and we should pop up. And we're uh, we are redraft focused, and are we try to keep the episodes shorter so that they're more they're easier to digest. And uh, we've had a lot of great success with that in the past month. So uh, it's it's been a wonderful transition for us, I think. Kyle, the best commute podcast in the business, but go ahead, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, that's our thing, man. We early in the morning, just like if you like the war zone and having that in your feed, you know, for that morning ride in, we, we kind of do the same thing. We release in early on those days. So uh, if, hit, if you hit subscribe, we'll be at the top of your queue each of those four days. Um, and, and we've really enjoyed doing the pod. We give uh, some waiver wire uh, breakdowns on Tuesday, but the game previews, which is beneficial to all players. So even if you're dynasty focused, those, our uh, shows you can definitely tune into. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been fun and we love coming on other shows and, and hanging out with, uh, with Memphis. I don't know if you uh, got a chance to listen to the waiver wire show yet, Memphis, but at the end of the show, we told everybody have a good Wednesday, go check out uh, Memphis and Jerry on the Warzone podcast. Uh, and we didn't even know we were going to be here <laughs> filling in for Jerry. So uh, hopefully we send a few more people your way and they're hanging out with us uh, from the fellas listenership. No, man, I, I'm super uh, stoked. You guys know them as uh, podcast hosts and really damn good ones, but I just consider them friends and really damn good ones. So on behalf of Seth and Kyle, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone and the FF fellas, we're all just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>